discussing last time about how the Avis learned Torah, how Nayak learned Torah, how they kept mitzvahs, they weren't instructed, Hashem hadn't told them what to do or not to do, but it came as a result of their understanding. They were on a level to understand the effects of their Maisim on Oilam Ayyan, and made a base on what they understood their Maisim were doing, that's how they chose to act. These we're talking about Tzadikim. How did the Rishayim learn about Avodazara? Who taught them? The answer is the same thing. The answer is the same thing. When people understood how Adama Sadyanim works, they knew what to do, what not to do. They might have looked for channels which were awesome, but they based it on their understanding what would work. Today, there's no knowledge of these things. That's one of the things Hashem took out the world when He took away in the world. So we made it today, there's no real Avodazara. Because, yes, there are other religions, and yes, they have their practices, but they have no idea. They don't understand anything. Right? If you ask, uh, I've tried this even, asking the average Christian, not, not person, the, the Christian clergyman, the Christian priest, whoever it's going to be, like, what does he think his actions are having an effect in, in, in heaven or anywhere? They have no idea. That's, this is what their religion is, and that's what they do, and they accept it with blind faith. And that's as far as it goes. So, okay, so that, that it doesn't mean it's mutter, but it means that what the attraction of Avodah once was. It doesn't exist. When people understood how things worked, they understood they could, what they could gain by doing things wrong, right? I'll give you a marshal. It's Lahabtim. If you knew the combination to the code of the bank, right, and you, you knew how to open the, open the vaults and steal the money, then you'd have a new sign. Now, you know how to do it. Now, you know you're not allowed to, but... On the other hand, you could if you wanted to, so there's any sign to do it or not to do it. But if you have no idea what the numbers are, so it's not really any sign. You don't understand, you can't do it anyway. Which is pretty much the difference between a Vedazara of then and a Vedazara of today. So then the Gemara already says, it's just tradition. They're doing what they always used to do, they don't know what to do. They definitely can't do anything with it. Once upon a time, when the Vedazara actually understood what was going on, so then it was like having the combination card and a person was challenged, should they do it and, and so to speak, uh, rearrange things or do them the way they wanted or not? So that's on the side of Ra. The same thing with Sadiqim. Even before they were instructed by Hashem what to know what not to do, but that same understanding of how things work means that if they chose to be Sadiqim, then they knew this is the effect of my mind. So we made it, that's what they decided what to do not to do. Same as the office. Same when it comes to Nayakh. So he said, Hashem tells Nayakh, take seven of all the kosher animals. Which are the kosher animals? Nayakh wasn't taught the name of hooves and uh, chewing the cut and all these things, can you? How did he know? Why? He felt in each animal where its nefesh is coming from. If an animal, he felt its source was from a nefesh, which was rooted in Kedusha, there must be a kosher animal, Hikriva. The Ezu and Koyach Nafshim Mitzara Tzumah Vasitra Acha. Which animals, the Koyach is, the animal with the nefesh is connected to Mitzara of the Tzumah. Which is something which also is another reason why we don't always think about in the name of Kashrus. And that is the reason, one of the reasons at least, why the Torah was Mitzavah, was kosher, was not kosher, is because a non-kosher animal is, is its nefesh is rooted in a, in a place of tumma. It influences a person. 
If it eats something not kosher, then he'd be ingesting that tumor. Does eating tumor make a difference to you? Well, look at that a lot of motion. That's what he did wrong. He ate something which was uh, had that effect. It brought the, the ra into him. And he made it. And he, he, that, that's what caused the change of emotion. So the same thing, anytime a person eats something which is bad and connected to ra, it's going to influence them. That's why Dafka we see when it comes to eating non-kosher, there's a special chum we don't see by the mitzvahs. Most mitzvahs, most of the in the Torah, if you have a small child, a baby, you aren't with so that your child keeps mitzvahs. They're beyond the, the way underneath the age of chinuch. So if my one-year-old was switching lights on Shabbos, and I'm a tovah to stop, they would not understand chinuch or Shabbos. You know, a one-year-old, even a two-year-old, is definitely way too young to understand the concept of Shabbos. Uh, there's no reason for me to try and prevent them doing things on Shabbos because they aren't yet at the age they can learn. So there's no chinuch. The same applies to other things also. If I have a boy of under three, let's say, he doesn't want to wear tzitzis, I'm definitely, I don't even try putting him on tzitzis. He's too young. When he's older, when, he's, when, when he's, he's more able to teach or to train, then I can start with mitzvahs. But at that age, I don't make him make brachas, I don't stop him doing melacha and Shabbos or any other isa. There's one exception to the rule. One exception to the rule where it's brought that a person should be makrid on his children from the age that they're born. And that is not to eat non-kosher food. Even though they're a baby and not mitzvah and uh, they aren't aware of what they're doing, as a parent, your job is to make sure your children don't eat rest from the youngest age. It's even brought in halacha that a baby who needs to nurse, so it's brought in halacha that you shouldn't uh, use a non-Jewish lady to nurse a baby. She ate treif. And it's going through a milk to the baby. What's the big deal? And the answer is because that's the same point. When a person eats effect in their fashion. And therefore the effect, even though there's no variation that the child's going to be too small, but the effect of eating treif may have this influence. And therefore just like we see by automation, eating treif around him. So it's connecting to whatever rides in the food. Now imagine you could see that. Imagine you could see label on food. Uh, toxic. You should say label of food, it's going to have some bad effect. So you understand yourself, you don't need to see if not to eat it. This is the effect of eating it. So you made a, we're saying the Darasak Admonim understood on each thing what its surge was, and you made it, we need it because then it's not, it's, it's, it uh, has a negative, it has a tommy effect. went with Hashem. What does it mean to walk with Hashem? So we said already, like uh, Nevi said from the beginning of the Shire, a person is created by Tzalem Elohim. And the Tzalem Elohim means in the image of Hashem, which is all the Kaychas. So walking with Hashem means, explains, they understood these concepts of the Apple and Lohokaychus Hashem put into the world and they went with them. Basically, they understood how these Kaychus work. That's what they did. What they didn't do. The Chukah Shemayim Varetz Mishtarim how the Shemayim Varetz work. The Sidra Hanagosim how Hashem runs them. His Kashrusim Varkavosim how they connect to each other. Like they call in Yonim Maaseh Odom. To what a person does. Now, if you say that in Yonzeh you call Echot Bemitzhanech Bemitzhanech Bechol in Yonim. Basically, that's how everybody chose what to do. Right, so in other words, what it means they went with it, it came. It means that they understood the system Hashem built and then they worked within the system. Why did Hashem need to give us a Torah? 
If Kaisha on the level, or people on the level, where they were able to understand on their own the effects of what they were doing, so why do we need more than that? And the answer is, because the Torah wasn't given to one person. The Torah was given to Halakhah Yisrael. And even if there were unique individuals, Avram, Yisrael, Yaakov, whatever it would be, that understood on their own how the system works, and therefore they had to be acted with, Lav Dafk, if you have millions of people, Halakhah Yisrael, will be able to understand that. And therefore, when you bring the Torah from being just the province of a few G'dayli who understood on their own how things worked, to something which is uh, incumbent, is obligatory on uh, the whole nation, so now it has to be something that the nation understands. To say, understand in your own, you can't do those things which are going to affect you in the Shama because they have a shosh of Tumah. Everybody can look at a product and feel it? No. No, and that's the case. Hashem must tell us clearly. But for those of you who can't see it yourself, so, Hashem will say, this is Asa, this is Mutzah. Yes, we still have stories of G'dayli Adam, who they claim were able to see and feel if it was kosher or not. It's an interesting thing, but there are stories like that. Um, it's not necessarily Am Halakhin doing things. But there are people who pass them kashas on, on meat, whatever it is. They could look at it and say, this, this meat is trick. This meat is kosher. Now, so, is such a thing possible? It seems like yes. Is such a thing the way we pass them Halakhin not? Why? And that is, and this is the this is the depth of what we say, Leba Shemaimi. Leba Shemaimi doesn't just mean that Hashem isn't announcing to us from Shemaim, right? That uh, this is what you should do. Leba Shemaim means we have to pass the halacha based on the rules Hashem gave us, and not by our thinking what's happening in Shemaim. In other words, before the Torah was given to us, it was by Shemaim, and the way that they decided what to do or not to do was based on the understanding of Shemaim. Uh, Avraham Avinu decided uh, to keep mitzvahs because he understood the fact in Shemaim. Yaakov Avinu decided to marry two sisters because he understood it was the right thing to do. But once the Torah is given, there's no longer an option. We can't decide we big tzaddikim, we understand the spiritual effects, therefore we're going to decide to defeat that. No, now the Torah is given with mitzvahs, we have to keep the mitzvahs. We have to keep the mitzvahs. It was given to us. And therefore it comes to Pesach Osa, to invoke Shemaim as a way to paskin things. The brother says, I feel happy, this is kosher, or whatever it is, we can't do it. We have rules, we have halachas, we have shulchan we have to work with that. Of course, if a person also has a feeling for these things, and therefore it can prevent him from doing something wrong because he gets a, a feeling, I shouldn't be eating this, whatever the case might be, and so he doesn't, and then he finds that it's trapped, Hashem is protecting him. That's possible, that's not a way to pass it. Right. The story is that. As is known, 500 years ago, approximately, there were two G'dayli Olam who lived in Tzvahs. The one was the Shulchan Aruch, the other was the Arizal. The Shulchan Aruch was the God Ladar. The Shulchan Aruch was much, much older. The Arizal was much younger. He definitely didn't have the authority of the Shulchan Aruch, but he was the Arizal. The two of them respected each other a lot. So it was only natural that they made a between them. The result daughter married the Shulchan Aruch. Okay, so the Beis of the Shulchan Aruch decided he's hosting Shiva Brachas um, for the couple. So he invites his Mechot and to come to Shiva Brachas. The result says, I'm happy to come, but if you're serving me to the Shiva Brachas, please don't use the hind corner of the animal. The Shailah of Giranash and the Shailah of Chaylev. And just like Ashkenaz, they won't touch it. The result had the Chumra too. He wasn't going to touch the hind corner of the animal. And the Beis said, you don't have to worry. I know how to do nicker. 
Right? Imagine the Shulchan Aruch starting with something's kosher for you. So, so he did. And uh, he, he himself uh, prepared the meat, made sure that there was no gidim, no chedev, anything. And, he prepared, and then it was given to him, he, he, he carried it to cook for the Shiva Brachas. The kids said the Shiva Brachas, the two Mukhatarams next to each other. So the Shulchan Aruch offers his Mukhat, Narizal, the tray, whatever it was, not yourself. So the result looks at it and he says, I can't eat this. There's, there's, there's still granash inside. So the Shulchan says, I'm, I, I'm, I, wasn't, I didn't just say this for Mashkech. I checked it personally. I made sure there's no getting inside. It's good to eat. So the result picks up a piece of meat and turns it over. He says, look, see it again? What's your name? So the had nothing to say. Because he couldn't sleep the whole night. How could you be? This was, he was, the Shulchan Aruch was the Baal Halacha, right? And he knew what he was doing. And he did it properly. So how could it be that he's a friend of the kids? My question disturbed him tremendously. The kids, he couldn't sleep. Until, as we know, the Shulchan Aruch had a Malach. He used to come talk to him. So the Malach came to give him some chizah. And the Malach came to tell him, he said, Yosef, his name was Yosef Kari, he said, Yosef, you did the Nikah 100%. You did the Nikah 100%. There was not, when, you, when you finished the meat, there was no game left. It was a completely kosher to eat. Oh. What about that result? The Rizal didn't want to eat the meat because he's worried about Gideon. If he really wanted, he could make Gideon come out the wall. was the last thing that says anything. But you can't ask the Rizal. He had a way of doing things in Shemek. Okay, so, okay, that's the same you say. You can work with Shemaim, you can work with Halach. We don't pass with Shemaim, we pass with Halach. Halach is it's motor, it's motor. If the Rizal had in Yanim, he didn't want to eat, whatever the reason was for that. And the Maestro Hashem would like make things happen the way he wanted them to happen. Could be. There was a Shemalach of working on what to do in Shemaim and working with Shemaim. Like I said, the Ovis had that Malach too. But once the Torah is given the Oretz, it's not the Malach we work with. Once the Torah is given the Oretz, the Halach is the Halach, and that's, that's what's Kaveh. Nachain, Kishahisig Yaakov Avino, Shalafi, Sharish, Nishmasai, Yigram, Tikunim, Gedalim, Bukhachas, Velamas, Yanim, Imusa, Shtayachais, Ayla Rachavareo. When Yaakov understood that Lafi, he's the Shama. The Atzim he needed to marry Rachel and Leah, and that was what would build Kli Yisrael. That's why they have the twelve Shvatim. Vehem Yivne Shtayim is based in Shvatim. Yaga Kami Yagias Avayis Asigam Shinasuloi. He worked very hard that they should marry him. In other words, he worked fourteen years for that. Seven years for Rachel, seven years for Leah. Now the the Nefesh Chaim is saying something we have to think about, Rabbi. I said because this sounds very strange. If I ask you before you read this line, did Yaakov want to marry Rachel and Leah? What will you tell me? He'd say, no, Yaakov wanted to marry Rachel. The problem was Leah tricked him. So he got stuck with Leah. And now, he still wanted to marry Rachel. Right? That's not what the Rizal says. I mean, the Nevesh Chaim says, Nevesh Chaim says, He understood the Fisharish Nishmasai, He'd be goyim to kunim gedolim, If he marries both sisters, Rachel and Leah. And they together would build base Israel. And that's why he wanted to marry both of them. Was the Chachila? The Torah doesn't seem to say that. What's the chat? What's the chat? So the answer is like this. Because I already said it. You said it, I'm just going to explain it a bit more. And that is, we know that for the seven years that Yaakov was waiting or working in order to marry Rachel, what do we know about Leah? It says Leah was crying. Why? Why? So Chazal said, Rashi brings it. Because... People were saying, 
uh, you know, Rivka has two sons. Lavon, her brother, has two daughters. So it's one Mishmina Shemai. You can make two Shaduchim within the family. The older, older boy to older girl, the younger boy to younger girl. And if that's the case, it would come out that Asa was meant to marry Leah, and Yaakov was meant to marry Rachel. Now, it wasn't just Hoyo Oimim, it wasn't just like the neighborhood gossip, as we were talking about. No, all that is just sitting in the park trying to make Shaduchim. Hoyo Oimim is something much deeper. And that is that there was a reason why. Yaakov was meant to Rachel, and Leah was meant to marry Leah, and Esau was meant to marry Leah. And that was on the side that Yaakov and Esau really both had a job in the world. So had they worked together, and they would have each done their chedek and avodah, then there would have been two parts of Ka Yisrael. And that's the case, Yaakov was meant to be marry Rachel, and Esau was meant to marry Leah. What happened is, Esau went off the derech. As you know, Esau turned into a Russia. And as a result of that, Yaakov took over his tafkid. The original brachal that it was meant to go to Esau went to Yaakov. So now Esau, because he was doing the wrong thing, he lost his chance to be one of the bulls of Israel. You mustn't forget this. Esau was also the son of Yitzchak and Rivka. Esau was also a grandson of Abraham and Sarah. But he wasn't just a loser who wasn't happened to come from the family. Had Esau been a tzaddik, he would have had a tough kid to do. He and Yaakov went to bull Israel. For whatever reason, Esau didn't do his job. Esav became the Russia, Esav left. So now who's going to build Klai Israel? So Yaakov took on two jobs. Yaakov took his job and Yaakov took Esav's job, which is why he got his bracha and Esav's bracha. But if that's the case, now he has two wives. Because Leah doesn't want to marry Esav, Esav's now the Russia. So in Imela, Yaakov has to marry both of them to fulfill the tafkid. He's doing his job and he's doing. Esau's job. If you want an example, it's not exactly the same because Esau was very much alive. But if you want an example, if you have two brothers and the one dies, the halacha is, the brother is meant to do yibum. He's meant to marry his dead brother's wife. And that fulfills the the job of the dead brother. So he has his own wife. He has his dead brother's wife. Like I said, Esau wasn't alive. But Esau went to Russia. So we made Yaakov had to do both of Kedim now. So there was a reason in Hashemayim why Yaakov had to take over there too. The difference was, Yaakov didn't want to first. Yaakov wanted Rachel first. That was that was the one who was meant for him, and he wanted to marry Rachel. But it wasn't that he, wasn't that he there was it was a mistake there. He didn't want there. That Hanurai is, if that's the case, he could have divorced there. This is all one big mekachtos. That's not what I want. We'll organize again and go home again. He kept there. Yaakov understood he had to marry, but just the the first marriage was with Rachel. Okay. Even the Torah would later forbid that. Obviously, Amam understood that Dafka, uh, the union of him and Yechavid, would bring, such, bring forth the leaders of Israel, Maisha That's why the Noach and all the Ovis never were given the Torah. Why? Because if, if they had been given the Torah, then again, they can't make Hashwanas. If they've been given the Torah, you have to listen to the Torah. Whether you think it's right or whether you don't think it's right. Shem Hoysen, if they have been given the Torah, Yaakov wouldn't be allowed to marry two sisters. Even though I thought this is Alp, Kabbalah, Alp, my understanding, the right thing for me to do, once it's the Torah, it's too bad. The Torah is Mitzavah. And if that's the case, the person has to go with what the Torah instructs him, 
or the Torah commands him whether or not he thinks that Sapi's Ruchnis are the wrong thing. And this explains that very often we talk about Anoshim Gdolim, great, great people who made mistakes. Right? And he explains that one of the main reasons why people on a high level make mistakes is exactly because of this. That they understand al what they're going to achieve with what they can do. But, they, get, they don't realize one thing. And that is you can't argue with the Tzivu Yashem. As much as you think you have a, you're achieving something amazing, as much as you think that in al Shemayim you, 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 you're doing the right thing, that only works Hashem didn't tell you what to do. Or tell you what, not what to do. But one is the Tzivu, you mechuyev to the Tzivu. And the first person to make this mistake, and where this Chiddush is Be'etim spoken about, is Adam Arishan. Adam Arishan, because unlike the Ovis, and unlike Noach, Adam, on the one hand, was great enough to understand Shemayim. He definitely was, understood what was happening in Shemayim. But on the other hand, he was given a Tzivu. Adam was told, don't eat from the tree. Now, we ask the question, how did Adam fall? Uh, the, uh, one of the most well-known Mahalchim of the is, because Adam had all the Cheshpoinus of why it would be better to eat from the Etzadas. While Pishamayim, he would achieve from it, and why this would be able to be, uh, to destroy the Koyachara in the world, and all the various other options, thoughts, which uh, went through, so to speak, Adam's reasoning, or decision-making idea, why he wanted to eat from Etzadas. That's on the one side. Mitarashani. Mitarashani. So it comes to the interesting conclusion, which means had there not been the Tzivui, Adam wouldn't have done the wrong thing. It could be Ba'atim Allah's Khashwanas were right. And it could be that it's true. That there were there were spiritual benefits to be had from internet and that's could be. And had there not been a Tzivui, maybe there would be the right thing to do. But once there was a Tzivui, once there was a tzivui, don't even that's a das, then a person has to shelf all his understanding, and then that's what Hashem wants, that's what I do. Does the Torah make it sound like the Torah is the Yetzirah? The Yetzirah explains in the mail of that's a das. Listen to what they told him. You're going to be like Hashem. Now, we said before many times, it doesn't necessarily mean that he was lying. The that wasn't necessarily the lie. It could be it was true. To some extent, you have to explain what it means. Right? But it doesn't make a difference. Because once Hashem said, no, then there's no other Cheshmonis. And that was his mistake. And that's why he says, maybe that's the reason the Torah wasn't given to the Ovis. Because if that's the case, then Yaakov would not have been able to marry Yerachon there. Because as much as he understood, you need both of them to build Kali Yisrael. What can you do? The Torah said no. And then he's barred from doing it. Be'emes is what did create Klai Yisrael was the fact that you have the children of Rachel and Shulna And that's going to result in the Tukun Kolei Lamas. That's going to bring to the Tukun when because we need Klai Yisrael to do that. And if that's the case, that's Tafku Hashem didn't give them a Torah so that at that stage they could still work with the Havana of what the right and the wrong thing to do was. Mashaik wants you have a Torah, we show it to the Torah. But now we can just ask one more question, which Nefesh Khan doesn't address, but we can ask the question. We'll finish with this. And that is, why would the Torah, why would the Kodesh say, engineer that things should happen in a way which would later be awesome? Right? It's true. You're right. Yaakov uh, ne- needed to marry Rachel and Naya to create Kla Yisrael. But why do it in a way which the Torah asks? What are the other options? It's a very simple option. Think about it, Rabbi said. 
right? We know that, Le- that Rachel died very young, right? Rachel died very young. If you want to work at how old she was, let's say, let's go with the most, the longest opinion. Let's say that when Yaakov came to Haran, Rachel was 12. There's the opinion that she was 3, there's the opinion she was 12. So let's take the longer option. She was 12. Yaakov was in Haran for 20 years, right? And then one year he took it to Kemata Yitzhak, which means when Yaakov left Haran, Rachel was 32. When Yaakov came back to Yitzhak, Rachel was 33. So Rachel died at the age of 33. She wasn't very old, right? Had it been necessary to marry Rachel and Leah, that's very simple. Now that Rachel's dead, Yaakov can go back and marry Leah. Is that against the Torah? 100% not. That's completely mutter. The Torah's Isra of marrying two sisters is only when they're both alive. Right? The first, in the Pasuk. Right? It's only when she's alive. So what would there have been a possibility of Yaakov marrying both Rachel and Leah and achieving all the great things he was meant to do for Kal Yisrael by building the Shvatim from Rachel and Leah in a way which would have been Mutalpi the Torah and would have definitely was a way. Definitely was a way. So now the only question I have to ask, and that is, that is, so why did the Torah engineer it in such a way that the way it was done was even though by Yaakov it wasn't also yet because Hashem hadn't given the mitzvah and he understood the man in it, but why did it come out in a way which later on was something the Torah would ask? Why? We can ask other things as well. For example, from the word go, Adam and Chava had three boys, three or four girls playing in the Midrashim. Right? Where did the next door come from? Where did the next door come from? Adam and Chava carried the man, carried the lady, they had children. And now where did the where did the grandchildren come from? Where did the next door come from? The answer is the boys married the girls. Let's watch it. Right? Cain married his twin sister. Hevel married his twin sister. Shais married his twin sister. One second. Brothers marrying sisters? That's against the Torah from the beginning. Now, why did Hashem set it up like that? Why did Hashem set it up like that? That the world was created from the beginning. At the time it wasn't also because the time the Torah hadn't answered it yet. The Torah wasn't given to that Torah. But why set up a system which is going to come about through something which later the Torah is going to answer? So we have the last line here of Nefesh Achayim. It's given by Moram Zal. In time of Kain, Nasa, Achoysay, Oilam Chesed Yibane. Now, the simple chat in the Pasuk, Oilam Chesed Yibane, means the world built in Chesed. But there's a very unusual Pasuk in the Pasha of the Arais. It says that a person shouldn't marry his sister, Chesed Hu. Right? For a brother and sister to marry is Chesed. What it means is a good question. But the, what the Gemara means is, the world was built out of a relationship which a Torah is going to answer and say chesed. It's built out of a relationship with brothers and sisters. Kaishal came about as a relationship of, ya- of Yaakov marrying Yerachal Why? Why? Why does, the, why does it have to come about through something? They did nothing wrong. The Torah didn't answer it yet. But through something which later on would be a Dover Asr. Okay, so here there's something which... Uh, that's a question. We'll hear as a question. We'll next week. We get to the last paragraph of Shachar. We're going to start uh, answering this. You said.